and welcome to the Bible Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, and I'm here to help you understand what you just read in the Bible. Hello, everyone. I am so glad that you are on this journey with me. Uh, This week is week 12. Our reading was Deuteronomy chapters 24 through 34, and then Joshua 1 through 11. Uh, Timeline is between 1406 BC to 1405 BC. Uh, If you are new, welcome. If you have any questions on how the podcast is laid out, you can listen to my introduction episode. And everyone is welcome to go to my website, bmepodcast.com, to drop me a note, ask any questions, or just get up to date on the podcast with the resources I have there, including links to all of my pop culture references. So... We are finishing up Deuteronomy, which is Moses' last words to the Israelites. These are important, and they are to help govern the nation going forward, even after they conquer the lands and are in a peaceful state. So starting in chapter 24, we get to deal with divorce, borrowing or lending money, and how you are not to take advantage of people, either your own, such as, you know, their own, such as Israelites or foreigners, and how you are to deal with poor people, especially the fatherless. And chapter five is, chapter five, chapter 25 is not only interesting in that it talks about how to handle widows and the brothers, but when the Sadducees come and ask Jesus about marrying in heaven, they use this passage as their basis. And Another interesting note for you men, if a woman tries to seize you by your private parts in a fight and she is not your wife, her hand was to be cut off. No mercy either. So women, keep that in mind as well. Yikes. Moses also reminds them of what the Amalekites did to them and that once again, they must blot their names out. Oh, here we go again. (laughs) Chapter 26, the tithing. I know, aren't you so excited? And you thought that it was just mentioned in church just because people wanted to talk about money. But no, no, as you can tell, we are talking about it yet again. Um, Now, I know tithing and money in the church can make people uncomfortable. And I know a prevailing theory for some is that Jesus fulfilled the Mosaic law that we are studying here. So tithing was only for those under the law. However, I will take us back to Genesis to see that Abel was killed because he was bringing the first and best fruits of his harvest to God, and Abraham gave money to Melchizedek, which both happened well before this law that Moses gave us, gave them. So tithing's been around much longer, my friends, and you're probably sick of hearing me talk about it here too, but anyway... Moses is imploring the people to follow God because it will go well with them. And you have to ask yourself as you are the only one you can control, are you following him to the best of your ability? Or do you think you have a better plan than God? And I don't ask this as someone who has arrived like, oh, I always follow God. (laughs) No, I ask it for myself because I know at times I have honestly thought I had a better way. And uh, spoiler alert. I didn't. So after this, Moses is making Israel be silent and listen. Wasn't that a great command you wish we could do today? Not only were they to follow God, but they were but there were curses for disobeying. 
And not only was that for Israel and us as Christians, but if you will see, every one of these curses are still standards we follow to this day. Yeah. Um... Now, to be fair, we also see that there are blessings for following God and obeying. However, just like the people who can't seem to put the cot up in the right area. Is that a soapbox again? Yes, yes it is. More people listen to what the consequences of actions are rather than the rewards. So we continue with the curses that come with disobedience and keep in the back of your mind, look at what consequences have already happened for all of their disobedience. Uh, plagues that killed them, the snakes, etc., etc. And this is punctuated in the verses as it reminds the Israelites that this is the covenant that God made, a contract. It's an if-then statement. If you follow, then blessings. And if you don't follow, then consequences. And when we get to chapter 30, I want to make it clear, especially with some American ideals out there, that the Bible does not teach uh, prosperity in the sense of material wealth and prestige. Uh, this was for the entire nation of Israel. And so while God is always with his faithful, if the nation turns their back like a majority of them, the nation will fall as a majority. And it runs the same with blessings. And God does bless each of us, but for many, including myself, it is not always with wealth. Uh, Kelly, side note, because I cannot stop myself. Having said that, um, I'm doing okay now via money, but I've had my moments and I have a whole testimony I can discuss about this. Um, this is what I was talking about in last week's episode about the tithing thing, um, so if you want a separate episode, I can do that. But to kind of break it down a little bit, I had $3 to my name. I was overdrawn at three different banks and I, I followed in obedience to God and he was faithful and he brought me out and it was a blessing. Uh, it wasn't instant riches though. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, I suddenly had all the money in the world. It wasn't that at all. Um, I didn't have instant riches. I didn't have wealth. Um, and some of the bless some of the blessings had absolutely nothing to do with money, but with friendship, a great family, and other things. So if you want me to talk about that, I will be glad to do so. It's actually part of my testimony that I talk about um if people ask when I meet them in person. So closing that side note. I'm sure we will visit it again at some point, but closing that side note, um, as Moses is also drawing to a close, we see him give his leadership role to Joshua. We see that a public reading of the law should always be read and heard so no one can plead ignorance. And finally, what is inevitable in a fallen world, God tells Moses that Israel will rebel against him. And then we get to read this great, wonderful speech from Moses uh, that he gives to Israel and finally says to them, these are not idle words, but they are your life. And then Moses leaves as God directs him to Mount Nebo, where he will see the promised land from a distance. Before Moses dies, he praises God and prays for his fellow Israelites, and then God buries him. And it explains just how faithful and like no one else Moses was. I mean, you have to be pretty special and faithful uh, 
for God to deliver your eulogy, as Pastor Paul says. Um, and then in our reading, it takes us to Psalm 91, where we see the final Psalms of Moses and just beautiful words and deeds uh, to remember. So if you didn't get a chance to read it, highly suggest it. Suggest it. Um, and then we get to Joshua. And this is, uh, once we get to Joshua, these are like my favorite, favorite books of the Bible. Um, just this whole time period. I absolutely love it. So in Joshua 1, we get verse 1-9, which, oh, one of my favorites. It says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you where you go. What a beautiful reminder of how God will take care of us, even when our world changes, and if, when, we have to go forward even stronger than before. I I pull that out, especially in distressing situations, let me tell you. Uh, we see that Joshua doesn't waste any time. Uh, he tells the officers to get the people ready as they are going to cross the Jordan, and to the Gadites and Manasseh that they promised to help them, and the people agreed. And chapter two, we go back to Shittim. And I am sorry, that just will never not be funny. I know it's Shittim. Shittim. Let's, mm. Anyway, having said that, we now get to meet Rahab, comma, the prostitute. She is forever remembered as Rahab, comma, the prostitute. Now, she was one savvy person and is mentioned in the Hall of Faith. So she got the last laugh. But still, uh, to always be referred to by not only your name, but your occupation for all of history doesn't sound very appealing to me, especially depending on which job of mine they picked out. Um, but I, I think Rahab was a cool chick and like you did not mess with her. So I am sure that, uh, you tried to make fun of her and she would come after you. So... Uh, but Rahab knew what was going on. She saved the spies, and in turn for her help, they promised to help her family, but they, the family had to be with her when Israel struck. Like, they couldn't be outside. They had to be in the house. And <clears throat> she had to have something to distinguish her home from all the others because, obviously, nobody else saw this house but the spies. So for all of Israel to know that they are not to mess with her, they she needed, a, some, she needed something to distinguish her house, which is how you got the scarlet threads. Um, and she agrees and the spies are saved. Uh, we see Joshua seeking God, getting everyone ready for battle. And we see God tell Joshua he will help him become the new leader and one that Israel will follow. And then we see the Israelites cross the Jordan. And as they did so, based upon Joshua's direction and God's command, the people see Joshua as their leader. And once they have moved over, the ark is moved with them. And because that generation is coming into the promised land, we're never circumcised. God tells Joshua to get his flint knife ready because it's time. <laughs> and I'm not a dude, but um, my nose flared for y'all a little bit because uh, that, that just does not sound like a, a good time to be had by all. Also an interesting tidbit um, has nothing to do with that. Uh, when they were able to eat from the new land, that is when they stopped having manna. So God gave them manna all the way up until they got to the new promised land, uh, which is fine. Interesting. Then as they headed further in, we see that Joshua sees a guy at Jericho and is like, are you for us or against us? And the man is like, neither. 
but I am a commander of the army of the Lord. And you want to talk about rank? So, so Joshua falls face down, as I'm sure any of us would. Like, oh, yeah, no, no, you outrank me. And chapter six, we get to Jericho. Sorry, I, I just really love this. So when I was a kid, I used to envision that the walls went down. It was like they were hydraulically taken down into the ground, not that I understood that term then. Um, as I got older, I then envisioned that the stones just crumbled and the army was able to walk right over them into Jericho. And then it turns out, thanks to science and archaeology, I was more correct as a child. They've proven that the walls really did recede into the ground, leaving a smooth base for the Israelites to just walk on in. And I do have a link uh, if you're curious on the website. Uh, also, another Kelly side note, uh, there is a great song that talks about this and, of course, our our current uh, issues. And it's called The Walls Came Down by The Call, which I also have linked. Um, really awesome song. Unfortunately, after all these wonderful highs that we are having following God, you know, going off to... Uh, conquer our new land um there were some israelites that were unfaithful to the devoted things which are things that were to be used for god's tabernacle and stole them and i don't fully understand stealing from a place of worship then again what have i done that may be similar i don't know uh yeah sometimes these old testament is really full of conviction so Stories like these, I'm like, oh my God, I would never. And then I think, well, what have I already done? Who knows? Well, that's why you don't judge. Just saying. Anyway, needless to say, this upset Joshua, as it should. And he had the same thoughts that Moses did when it came to the Israelites. So Joshua prayed. God told him how to settle this. They found the culprits and then they were stoned to death. Uh, after God encouraged Joshua once again from this, um, that he needed to destroy the town and the king of Ai, and God gives Joshua the battle plans and they execute it, then Joshua builds an altar to God. And this next story in chapter nine makes me laugh. So the Gibeonites who had heard about what had happened to Jericho and Ai were like, hey, we got to come up with a plan so that we don't end up dead. Um, so they get their dirtiest clothes and they act like they came from a faraway place and they come up with this whole plan and come to Israel and like, Hey, we heard what was going on. Um, we don't want any trouble. Hey, do you think you could protect us? And fooled the Israelites into promising that they wouldn't destroy them. However, Israel finds out about the deceit and are pissed. Um, Joshua's like, not cool. Why would you do this? And the Gibeonites are like, uh, we didn't want to die. Hello. And so since they promised Israel um, a bunch of things and Israel couldn't kill them, uh, they decided to make them into wood, the Gibeonites into woodcutters and water carriers. And the Gibeonites are like, cool beans, as long as you don't kill us, don't care. So another king, here's what has happened uh, with Jericho and AI. 
gets a coalition going and says they're going to attack Gibeon. Meanwhile, Gibeon is like, uh, Israel, we need help. They're going to kill us. God tells Joshua, go on. I've got gotcha. you. And so Joshua does. And when they get to, and when they get to Gilgal, they uh, begin fighting and they are fighting to kill off the Amorites. Uh, Joshua asks God to keep a son over Gibeon, Gibeon and the and a moon over the valley of Agilon so that they can be successful. And God does. Meanwhile, the original five kings of the coalition go to hide, but to no avail as the Israelites find them and kill them. Then other cities that agreed to try to help go up against Israel come after them and each one of them is cut down. And then once all done, Joshua's like, thanks God and peace out guys. I'm going back to Gilgal. Sadly, uh, a Northern coalition clearly did not hear what happened to these other five and, or not for sure. They think that they are smarter and better and try to come up against Israel and, of course, thankfully, it ends the same way. And once again, they're done. Joshua took the land and kept it as an inheritance per God's word. And part of that land finally had some rust from war. Nobody else decided to try to take them on. So I that's where we end our reading for this week. Um, and I, I'm so excited uh, to be talking about this because this is one of my favorite time periods. And I'm so excited that you joined me. Like, I am so glad to be here. And I hope you continue on this journey with me. I just, oh, I'm so excited to talk about all the stuff coming up. Uh, again, if you want to talk with me, you can go to the website, bmepodcast.com, drop me a comment, drop me a note, whatever it is, I will respond. Um, and until then, have a most fabulous week and I will talk to you next week. Bye.